Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I was a casting director for film and TV and commercials for over 30 years. I transitioned to a celebrity acting coach after I cast a film, New Jersey Drive, with executive producer Spike Lee and director Nick Gomez. I auditioned every rapper from Biggie Smalls to Tupac. And I realized that rappers and musical artists, they needed help transitioning to acting. My clients consist of musical artists from Buster Rhymes to Eve, Missy Elliott, Angela Yee from The Breakfast Club, and Vanessa Simmons, to name a few. I also coach sports stars and host as well. I feel I have the best of both worlds. As a casting director, I know exactly what they're looking for. And as an acting coach, I can coach you to be remembered in that room. Now, I know. I know actors want to get the job. I get that. But being remembered by a casting director, that is powerful. Meditation of the day. I am not a has-been. I'm a will-be. Lauren Bacall. We need to value ourselves. If we don't value ourselves, then we give our power to other people. That is not a good idea because when we allow other people to validate us, then we will always depend on others to make us feel good about ourselves. The only person you can depend on is you. Regardless of what other people say, you should arm yourself with an affirmation such as, I love myself, or I am beautiful inside and out. That reinforces your value to you. Today, I will arm myself with a daily affirmation that will strengthen my person and bring value to myself. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. 
Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie-loving friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spirit Factor <laughs> Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I'm going to get a little emotional today. I'll be honest with you, because our guest today, one of my favorite actors, but I want to share with I'm, I'm going to share him with you today. I want you to settle yourselves. I want you to be prepared for a riveting interview from a phenomenal actor who I feel blessed that I have been allowed on his journey and to experience, to see his, his body of work and his body of work is going to continue and the greatness is going to continue. So I want all of you to put your hands together for our guest, Mr. Sadiq Sanderson. Yay! <laughs> hey, Sadiq. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tracy. Good to be here. So I want to share with our guests our relationship because we've known each other since you were 10. And in the beginning of your journey, um, and I think it actually, I think it actually started before 10, you knew before 10. Um, but at 10, you know, what, where, where were you as an actor? Um, how did, how did you feel about entering this business? Um, honestly, I don't think I was thinking about the business aspect of it at all. You know, I think mm -hmm. at that, that time I was just so excited by, um, storytelling and imagination 
you know, I just come out of elementary school, you know, I went from fifth grade to sixth grade and I entered into uh, MS-51, uh, which has this theater program. And, and so I was, you know, just entering my first kind of like real theater class and taking my first uh, acting lessons with you, you know, outside of school. So I was just like super excited about acting in general. Um, and, you know, you really helped me and, and started to shine a light on what it looked like to be a professional actor and like to actually, yes, this is my craft. This is my hobby. This is what I love to do. But this is something that people do for a living. Mm-hmm. And all I needed was that kind of seed in my my mind in order for me to 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 start chasing something. You know, I remember your work ethic back then <laughs> at 10 because I've always given <laughs> homework. So I do remember getting homework. I remember um, mm-hmm. your mother like mm-hmm. being, you know, so supportive, um, but a mom like. Is he doing everything he's supposed to do? Do he, you know, it was great. And to have a parent who was supportive, how did that feel for you? Um, it got me here, you know, it got me to where I am today. Um, and I mean, that was mm-hmm. my full heart um, because it, it's just, I was just so blessed to have people around me and specifically a mother who really supported me um, through all aspects of it and really let me take the driver's seat. You know, mm. she kind of like she was following my lead as far as knowing that this was a passion of mine and a dream of mine and letting me kind of put as much into it as I wanted to put into it mm. um, and not forcing me to do it, but also holding me accountable. Once I once I did, you know, once she did set me up with the acting classes, it's like, well, I, you know, I got you the classes. So now take them, you know, mm-hmm. and really commit yourself to it, but never pushing me to be famous or on any TV show and even actually, you know, wanted the opposite for me and really, you know, pushed me to get an education and to have an understanding um, and a respect for whatever it is that I was doing and what I, what I was doing at the time and what I am doing now is, is acting and being an artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, that, that support, you know, without it, I don't, I don't know that I would be as far in my journey as I am, you know, at 24 years old or so. I think it's amazing because she could, your, your mom could have, or any parent could have viewed it as a hobby and steered you in in another direction. But at, at, at such a young age to Mm -hmm. also believe and affirm with you, this is what you're, you know, this is what you want to do. That's Mm -hmm. great. Because, you know, I know a lot of kids, Mm -hmm. I work with kids and Mm -hmm. their parents are like, Oh, we'll see what happens. You know, so the kids, attitude is of that but you you Mm -hmm. really knew this is what you wanted to do and like you said at 24 like the world is you know you set it up for yourself already your body of work okay so I want to ask you because we before I talk about your plethora of work (laughs) (laughs) um I wanted to ask you in terms of the audition process, because now we're living in the age of self-tape, what are some things that you can say to actors to help them to stand out in their performance? Because in the work that I have seen with you, like it's what you don't say. Your subtext is so fierce. Oh, so you know what I mean? Like, because I've seen you, especially 
in the Wu-Tang series where you have been in a scene with other actors, but your posture, your stance, and again, your subtext is so alive that I'm drawn to you. And you're not saying anything. (laughs) But you do that a lot. You breathe a lot in your work. So I want to go back to that. But what, because we're in the self-tape world, like, you know, a casting director is going to see a thousand, well, a thousand self-tapes are going to be submitted to a casting director for one role. Um, I think with self-tapes, for me, the key is creating an environment as much as I can. As much of the environment that I can control, I control that, you know? And that comes with preparation as much... The more time that I spend, you know, with the scene and the more that I know the text, the more I feel comfortable with the text when it's time to record, the more that I can fill in other gaps that just take it that much further and really sharpen it. You know, like it's a pencil, you know, you uh-huh. can still write with, you can still write with a dull tip, but it's the point, you know, you sharpen it with the, the it becomes more pointy with the, the specificity in what's around you. So, you know, that can, anything like, placing you know a place like brooms or or lamps or something to have different eye lines especially with scenes where there's multiple people in them right knowing specifically who you're talking to knowing what's around you and also giving yourself that time before you start the self-tape there's no need to rush because you're doing the self-tape you're at home anyway you know and you can control a lot of things the things that you can control control them and control them with again specificity um because also that'll help you f- falling into the trap of recording the same thing 20 times and it being the same thing 20 times. I'm not like that. When I record a self-tape, I do it at max three times and that's it. Because if I was in the room, I wouldn't have gotten 20 times. And exactly. So I'm not going to kind of like, is it meant to be? It's meant to be. And if I'm going to be you know, in control and prepared, uh-huh. then that's, what, that's what's going to happen and success will follow. And if not, and it wasn't meant to be, then it wasn't meant to be. But you just got to kind of control the things that you can control. So that's, that's what I say. Our self-tapes, yeah. I love that. Um, Winsome Sinclair was on um, our show and mm-hmm. she said that she does not want self-tapes where you've gone over it 20 times because mm-hmm. you are not going to get that opportunity in a room. So do it a couple of times and then send it in. Yeah. And that's the idea because I think that uh, sometimes, especially when I'm coaching people for self-tape, they overthink it, they over, over, over. And I'm like, you just need to go through it a couple of times and then let it go. There's no, because she said, you don't allow casting directors room to do what they do. Right. If you're looking for a perfection, right? Um, yeah. Also so, just being, being, sorry to cut you off, but no, just no, no. also being realistic in the changes, you know, like from take to take. If it's a, are you actually, is did something changed, you know, from this take to that take something large enough for you to notice yourself? Uh. Because if you can't even notice the change, then the person watching it, you know, the casting director is not going to notice this very minor change from take to take to take, to, you know, like, right. You know, you got to be realistic with yourself. <laughs> I, I love that's you. do. <laughs> and, and that's something, but that's being honest with yourself. You know, you got to take, any ego vanity out and say, you know, and really authentic and raw about it. Um, yeah. 
I love when you are specific in terms of like you were saying, you're, you know, with a broom or a lamp. Um, uh, when I was doing a monologue once with a class, uh, this guy did a monologue where he was a coach talking to a team. And I said to him, how many people are you talking to? And he was like, oh, it's like about 30 guys. And I said, well, you have to create a relationship and a visual for everyone you're speaking to. Because mm. you're being general, but you're mm -hmm. speaking to 30 different people. There's 30 different reactions. So, you know, that's important. And a lot of, and a lot of actors don't take the time to do that work. Cause that's a lot of work when you now, um, I know you have an agent and you know, a lot of self tapes when you're dealing with, and I'm making an assumption here, but I know I'm right, but you get a lot, you get a lot of self tapes, you get a lot of work. Mm. So how challenging is it for you in the preparation? Let's say you have three self tapes due that day, how challenging is it for you to prepare each one of those characters? And what is um, the process of that? I think it depends. Um, I think I always like if, if I do get multiple auditions, um, which happens sometimes, but it, I, it doesn't happen as often. I think as you think. I'm going to, uh, I'm but going like, to you know, because I have <laughs> uh, no, but I am. Um, I think I, if I were to get that, you know, multiple auditions, what I would start with is really reading through all of them and seeing which ones I'm immediate, which one I'm immediately drawn to. Because um, I think that that's also really specific. In, yeah. In kind of being a successful actor is knowing, is knowing what you're drawn to, you know, and it's that thing of, again, being real with yourself. Like, is this, do I connect to this material? You know, do I really, does this material fit me and do I, do I fit the material? And yes, there are things that we as actors can do and that will, you know, the capacity to, you know, be more flexible and push kind of a, and go against the grain of, you know, I'm like this person, but this character is like this person and they're too, you know, they're different, but I can find a way to link them. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a lot of the times in the, in the beginning of an actor's career, especially in the beginning, I mean, in the beginning of my career, all, most of the characters that I've been playing have kind of fit me in a way like a glove, you know, like where mm -hmm. I read it I'm immediately connected to it. So I think as far as like preparing multiple, I think I've, I've also, you know, had passed on some auditions. And I also want to like say like that, that is, you know, right. something to think about. That's not what I'm like. I'm not saying like, oh, if you get an audition that you don't like, you know, it's not like don't hustle or don't, you know, go after it. But it's, it's like, again, of quality over quantity. Right. You know, do good work. You can't, you know, spread yourself too thin, you know. So if I do get three auditions, find which one I'm drawn to the most and that I feel the most connected with. And I'm going to really work on that. I'm going to really focus my energy on that one because that's the one, because at the end of the day, you can only work one job at a time. You know, you can only, you can get three auditions, but you can only be on one set. Um, that's right. And so you got to figure out which one you want to be on and you really feel like you can visualize and you, you really can be on this set and in this character. Um, so, yeah, I think, and, and, and then as far as, you know, preparing, it's just, you know, memorizing and as much as I can. Memorization, honestly, has always been one of my favorite, like one of my things, though. I think that's kind of what drew me to acting in the first place. I mean, uh -huh. my, my mom would say that I would, um, 
memorized. Also because I didn't, I didn't get no lead roles or anything in elementary school. I always got like one line or two lines. You know, I got very minimal. Right. I would memorize other people's lines and like be responding them and stuff. So memorization, you know, I've always been kind of like into that and I, I still stand by it and it's, it, it's helped me in my success. So the, the better you can get at being able to obtain text quickly, right. know, obtain text quickly and, you know, uh, recite it. I think that's a, that's an important skill to have. So. Um, I want you to tell actors how important classes coaching is to the process because um you know i still find myself running into actors who don't think that classes are important or that you know acting is easy so i want you to share that with them um class is important i don't i don't even know like (laughs) what else to say um you have to study craft you right. have to study craft. if you want to be a true actor and a true artist you must study the craft because i think i think for me anybody can be on you know a show you know mm-hmm. or you know anybody can have a thing anybody can be attractive or you know like have the right look for the world and you know there's so many reasons and different reasons why people get cast and things uh, and i'm aware of that um but I think something that sh- that some that nobody can take from me is my training mm. and my knowledge that I know that I've attained through years of being in class, you know. Um, and that's important, and that's what's going to carry me. That's what that's what has me starting where I'm starting from, and what's going to carry me throughout my career, um, because you, there's a a level of understanding that you have after you take class and you realize that there's so many parts and so many layers and that the well is so deep, you know? And that's why I think that's what you you may be seeing, you know, when you say that you watch Wu-Tang, yeah. you know, with, without saying anything and you're still, you know, is because that well and the, the, the way that my brain works when I think about a character is, is, broad you know it's like a huge canvas and that can't you know it's like it's it, it's like a canvas you know and so the canvas just gets larger and larger and larger your view of of how you can look at a character how you can approach a character how you can approach a different person and put them on grows mm-hmm. with your ability you know when you when you know these things when you know what makes you know people people and what makes a scene a scene what makes things interesting, beats, moments, tactics, your objective, uh, you know, your environment, the moment before, before the door, you know, like all these things that yeah. come natural and naturally occurring within our day-to-day lives. But when you go into a class and you study them, that is when you can really pinpoint and, and, and analyze what's going on with whatever character you're playing at any given moment. And it allows you to be a fuller actor taking class. Do it. No, for real. <laughs> just now, you just take crazy class at that. <laughs> oh. I'm a little misty. No, I, I just in that moment, I was like, I felt like my spirit got rejuvenated again. Like this is why I do what I do. Mm. This is why I do, um, because you are truly an example of 
my love and my passion for actors and just being able, and I have a relationship with my Spirit Actor alumni for years as well. And when I see you guys work, it just fills my soul because I remember when you said, this is what you wanted to do. And then look, you're doing it. It's amazing. Um, I want to I want to jump forward to the Wu Tang. Let's talk about that because, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. All right, this is my story, y'all, because these are my people. Yo, I saw the I saw the episode when you were with the girl, and you snatched her up and put her against the wall. And I said, I can't watch this. I can't ever watch this again. I can't watch it. I can't. I was like, I've known him since he was ten. <laughs> My cordia, my cordia. <laughs> and I felt, and I was like, so then I started watching it like this. Speaking out, speaking out the corner. <laughs> As you, I did not know it was you first episode until the credits because it didn't look like you. You don't look like you. That. You do you know what that's like to see an actor that you know and I know that's and then you get lost in the film or the TV show and then at the end you're like oh yeah that was <laughs> I did not know who when I tell you you that character like and these are real people so you have people to refer to <laughs> you know if you're not playing that or this is at it. What, what, uh, first tell us about, um, how that show came to you, that audition and, and then, mm -hmm. um, you, how you were drawn to this role and married something. Mm -hmm. Um, wow. Stroll down memory lane, stroll down memory <laughs> lane. <laughs> um, so I got the audition. What was it in 2019, beginning of 2019. Um, I think I, I originally actually auditioned for Bobby Diggs. Um, uh, okay. and at the time I didn't know, like I knew Wu-Tang and I knew most of their members, but I knew that there was some that I didn't know. So I wasn't, sh you know, and using their name, like it was like Robert Diggs. And I was like, okay, I don't know who that is, but, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna just, you know, I didn't even really, I didn't, I like, I, I did, so I started doing research, but I was also just like drawn to the text and the language and I was like all right I'm gonna focus on this like I'm gonna start here I'm gonna see what's in this story I'm gonna see these who's this character so I did that initial audition and I remember going in um it's also so interesting because I remember uh because the casting director Kim Coleman what? I wanted to meet her so bad I think this is like the third time or fourth time I went into her office but every time before then I went in for her assistant you know and it was like and I just kept seeing her in her office and I'll be like can I like you know is it time and you know can I see her can I see her but nope, it wasn't time so I did my first audition I did then they called me back in um to read for Dennis um who again at this point I, I didn't I'm gonna keep it a buck I didn't even know that this was Ghostface I didn't know that that's who this was mm. so in my initial auditions, I was just I was reading what I saw in front of me and being true to that person Wow. Before I tried to add any extra of anything, I just, right. I approached it as if it was a made up character, a made up a fictional wow. character, um, which I think there's a lot of power in that. And I think that Absolutely. helped me as my journey continued in developing the character. Um, so yeah, I went in for that. Um, I, I got a call back. 
And I also, at, at the time, I was doing um, a guest star role on Boomerang. Yeah. So I remember they called me in on a specific day to come back and do, I think that was when I had my callback um, and do my callback. And I was like, it was like me and maybe like two other people. It was like a, a day that they weren't seeing that many people, but I had to go that day because the, the, that same day or the day after I was flying to Atlanta to film Boomerang. So it was oh, actually God. like happening. It was, you know, birth, it was birthed out of a, another project, wow. which, is, which also happened before because before Boomerang, I was filming Messiah. Uh, yes. for Netflix. And, and as I was filming Messiah for Netflix, that's when I got the call that they offered me uh, a guest star spot it was kind of like i was being lifted and carried from job to job for my first three three jobs um wow. which was a blessing because my mind was yes on this character but it also like i didn't approach i think because i was being carried and because i was in another job there was this ease about it that i was uh -huh. able to really just do the work and focus on work and not feel desperate not feel like i have to get this you know not feel like right. I'm, i've never gotten a job i don't this is, you know like that kind of energy wasn't really mm -hmm. present at the time early stages of it as it increased you know and as i got closer to it obviously just like all right i want this you know this is mine but like in the beginning of it it was just like who is this character this is just an audition. all right cool i'm gonna do this audition oh they want to see me again oh that's dope they want to see me for a different role okay cool word I'm about to go to Atlanta to film. I'm excited about that. And I had no idea that I would end up <laughs> getting a series regular, you know, this being my first series regular. So that journey, that process was, um, was really amazing. So I had that, you know, I had a, a callback. I had a producer session. That's where I met um, Alex and uh, Francie, two of our producers. Um, and that's when I met Kim for the first time. That's when she like came in and sat in my audition. It was so crazy. It was in this whole time I had this narrative that she, you know, I wasn't good or she wasn't drawn to my work or whatever, whatever, because she wasn't in the room. Right. That was not true, you know? And I remember I had a, my friend Shantae, Shantae Adams. She's also, she's an actress. Um, and she, she told me about Kim. She was like, yeah, no, she was like, she'll see you when she, when she needs to see you. And I was like, I know, but I want her to see me now. And she, <laughs> no, she's like, she's, she's like, she's watching your tape. She's like, she's in her office. Yes, but she's watching the tape. You think she don't see you? And I was like, I, I know, but like, I seen her like, you know, she would, there would be moments where, like, she would be in the room, and then I would be right before I would go in. She would leave the room and go back into the office, and I would just be like, wow. you know, and just like that took up mental space that yeah was not needed because it wasn't no. true. Because obviously, she was a fan of my work. She gave me my first series regular. So, and the fact that you did not know who the character was, and you were auditioning, callback, then cut to producer session. There, your natural instinct, something connected naturally where um, you got the callback and then eventually the job. So um, trusting your instincts is also a part of being an actor. Um, uh, do you rely on your instincts? And well, as we were talking, that that's one of the things that you do is trust your instincts. So um, I want to go to uh, Messiah because mm. that was that. Uh, I don't know how many people have seen that on Netflix. Um, what a powerful story. Tell us about your character uh, and tell the audience about the show. Um, so, yeah, I, on Messiah, which is on Netflix, uh, I play a character named Keon Brooks. Um, and I, it's interesting. I remember when I, I, I first moved to L.A. in September. 
of 2017. Um, and I got the audition for Keon in October of 2017. So a month after getting to LA, I received this audition. And I remember, I remember reading the, the breakdown and just be, actually, I'm gonna pull it up since I have my phone okay. right here. Cause I remember reading the breakdown and being like, this sound like me. Like, I was like, hold on, like, this guy is like me, you know, like the way that they described it, it was like, he was like a student and he like, you know, was never like, he was really a hard worker and he worked really hard to like, you know, not let his parents down. And then he had this whole other thing of, um, you know, his uncle being in the CIA and there's this kind yeah. of like mystery about it. And, um, but he's like kind of lost also like in the, in the, uh, in his journey because he's a college mm-hmm. senior but he doesn't know what like the first scene because it was a scene from the pilot where you know eva who's a main character and she's a yeah. cia agent actually who is um chasing after what the world some people in the world are believing is the messiah and some people right. is a false prophet so it's just kind of like all this stuff um going mm-hmm. on but yeah, like in that scene, it was just so many things that I could relate to, even in just like some of his attitude a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like she's like, uh, I'm like, the first line is like, you know, we're closing in 20. She's like, already? And I'm like, it's 3 a.m. You know, and I just remember <laughs> being like, that is like a very, I think at the time I was working at a restaurant, too. like I got my first restaurant job. So I just knew what it was like when people wouldn't leave the damn restaurant and yes. just go home and I had to like work and do my essay. And so I just like, it just dropped in and it was just like, oh, word. And I was like, I think I can do this. And then I remember getting a callback for that. Yeah, I remember getting the callback and um, doing it again. I was like, oh, like I got a callback. All right, cool. Like, that's dope. You know, mind you, this again, this is one of my first auditions in L.A. You know, yeah. Out um, and wow. And, you know, I got like, I think. I think it was like maybe one or two callbacks before I met the, the director and the uh, the writer and director Michael Michael Petroni and James McTeague. Uh, mm. I just want to talk a little bit about that moment too. Because yes, that moment for me, I was nervous. Yes, but I kind of like whenever I got to that point, and that existed with Wu Tang. And kind of with Boomerang, there was this mindset that I feel like I walked into it with of like, this is mine, you know, claiming it as I'm walking into the, you know, before I walk into that room. Um, and even subconsciously, because I remember that there was, there, I had waited, I think I had gotten there like right on time or something. So somebody that was supposed to be after me had signed up before because they had gotten there like 30 minutes prior or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to be in the waiting room for 20 minutes and it's like an hour passes. And I'm like, sheesh, wow. like, it's like two people, you know, two people before me and they, and it took them an hour. So then I finally go in and I'm doing the scene or something. He's like, Oh, do you want to sit <clears throat> the, the director, James? He's like, do you want to sit or do you want to stand? And I was like, Oh, uh, I think I'll sit for the first one. Um, and he was like, what did you say? And I was like, and he's like, did you just say, I think I'll sit for the first one? I was like, yeah. <laughs> he was like, kind of like this thing of like, oh, you think you're going to do this more than one time? But in my mind, I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I'm just like everybody else got 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. And this is my time, you know, like right. y'all, y'all, y'all brought me, you know, 
And it wasn't, it didn't come from a cocky place or ego right, or anything. Right. It was just like, don't you want to see me do this a couple more? Like, yeah, like I'm a, I can do it this way. Right. You know, this time. And then and it didn't work. Cause he was like, that's what it was. He was, he was like, um, he was like, I was like, I think I'll sit for the first one. He's like, no, I think you should stand. And I was like, mm, I think I'll, I'll sit, you know, like this, this one. And then, so it was like already my mentality without even knowing uh-huh. me, I was already talking to him. Like you talk on set and that's how you have to be. Cause on set it's like that. If the, yeah. director, you know, if the director is asking me to, I think I should sit or if I should stand, they're expecting me to have an opinion. Absolutely. So I need to have an opinion. You as the actor should always have an opinion. And you have to look guidance from director, from writer, from the script, from whatever it is. But you got to uh-huh. have an opinion about what you're doing yourself. And if you don't, then... Well, I think that's brilliant because this is where the communication happens. Because there's a difference. And I tell people, you take the classes to nurture and hone the craft, but there's a different work mentality once you get on that set. Because if you've done the work and the preparation, then you can say, I don't think that he would have, I don't think um, I would have that silverware in my cabinet Mm -hmm. because I'm allergic to, like you, that's the specificness, right? Mm -hmm. So, and you want that conversation. Yeah. Go ahead, you were saying? Yeah, no, I was just going to say that 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 I had a moment like that on Wu-Tang set, too. And I remember that that was like a very that was a defining moment for me, kind of like really stepping in and owning the character. Because the first three episodes, that's when um, the showrunner was there and Rizzo was around. So we really, you know, I could run back to them and ask them questions, you know, and, and, and how did it look? How was things looking? And I would always be kind of checking in just to make sure. And if I got the thumbs up. Also, once I got the thumbs up, I had to trust that the thumbs up was the thumbs up. Right. You know? Like that's right. another step. Once you get the job, trust that you got the job and do the job. Right. Keep auditioning for a job that you already got. (laughs) You know, you got to just do it. Unfortunately, (laughs) I've had to fire people in rehearsal. Because Mm. people can give great auditions. They can give great callbacks. But then once you get in the rehearsal, it's a whole other thing. Then I've had to, unfortunately, fire people on the set and recast. Mm -hmm. So... Um, you should never think about that. And that's why I always say to actors, when you go to wardrobe, it starts at wardrobe, right? That's the first thing you do. You have your wardrobe fitting. A stylist is going to have an idea or a perception of what you look like, but you're the one who says, nah, I wouldn't wear skinny jeans. No, because I have this leg, I have my Achilles tent, you know, and a director, Gus Van Zandt, was one of my favorite people that I worked with ever because Gus Van Zandt has conversation with you and talks to you about your character. Um, another one of my favorite, uh, we have her on the show, Christine Swanson, director of um, the Clark sisters. Uh, Christine said she works with day players. She rehearses with day players. Like, it's so important because we all come together as this big machine to tell this great story through you. Um, this flew by. I knew it was going to fly by. Mm-hmm. You always have an, an, an invitation to come back because yes, you, I, I'm just watching the spirit actor alumni, Leon and Jalissa doing the amen on stuff you say. And, and <laughs> listen, I'm already, I told y'all from jump, this was going to be riveting. 
I told y'all. Okay. So are there any gems that you want to leave with these actors? Um, yeah. Um, I'm actually reading something right now. I just finished the, I started a book club in this quarantine time. Um, just oh. to keep inspiring myself and just trying to challenge myself and use my brain, use the things that, you know, God gave me, you know, and, and really get back to basics. And so in one of the stories that I read um, in Blood Child, which is this, a book of short stories by Octavia Butler, um, she has an essay in there and talks about being persistent and how it's important to be talented, yes, but work outweighs talent. And that for me, in a lot of ways, I think it's true and true about my journey. Because like I said, I didn't, I wasn't always given the lead roles, you know, a lot of the times I was given the smaller roles and the, you know, this, and I, I spent a lot of my journey and my process, you know, not feeling adequate, you know, but always knowing that I loved to do this work. So even if I wasn't the best actor in the classroom, or even if I wasn't, it, you know, I, I, you know, didn't get the lead role, I still was doing the work. And the work is what carried me to where I am and to be able to give the performances that I can give today. Um, so I think that that is, you just gotta be, be persistent and, and also just focus on the work. And also, you know, and, and, and she also talks about how sometimes there'll be a lack of inspiration. You may not always have the inspiration, but what you will always have is the ability to do. And so you just got to do it, you know, that also looking back on my journey and my process, those are the things that I rest on in those moments where, you know, I only have five minutes to prepare an audition or I only have, you know, I got immediately change, you know, they drop a line or they add this or they do that, you know, the work that I put in years and years and years before, you know, is what supports me and lifts me up. So. Wow. I feel like a proud mom. <laughs> mom number two. You are such an important actor for this generation, and you definitely have a voice. And um, I know that I knew this was going to be riveting. I'm riveted right now. Um, and I know that our listeners have gained so much. You know, this is one of those interviews you have to listen to over and over because there's so many nuggets there. So I'm grateful for your presence today. Thank, thank you. I'm so grateful to be here and thank you for, for asking me to be a part of this. I'm, I'm so grateful. Uh, you had to be. You're <laughs> I, like, yes. I want, I mean, to, to honestly witness from 10 to present day, it is absolutely like there are no words to describe. Um, but to know that you, are living your dream and that's what you wanted to do. And, and now it's tangible, you know, that, I mean, that's all I could, that's all I could just wish for you. So I'm very, very happy for you, your career, your life and your voice. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Well, I want you to stick around because we're going to go into our favorite segment, which is class in session with our spirited actor alumni here. And uh, that's going to be fun, too. We're going to play.
We'll be back on the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hi, and welcome back to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. And we are here, my favorite, favorite, favorite class in session. And we are still blessed to have Sadiq Saunderson with us. Yay! Give it up for Sadiq! So we are super blessed, you guys, because he is going to read a scene written by Spirit Actor alumni Leanne Amato. And we got Jalissa Capri here. And we are going to do the scene, and he is going to read with them. Hold on to this memory, you guys. It's going to be powerful. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to begin. You know how we do. I am going to read um, the slug line and the action. And I know actors, you know what a slug line is, so I'm not going to explain. Okay, here we go. Interior Portofino's Italian restaurant night. 
soft jazz music playing as Ramel and Lena sip on wine as they wait at the bar to be seated for a table. They read each other with their eyes. You can sense the passion and butterflies. You've been worth the wait. They smile. I mean, I would have made a move if you made me wait any longer. It's all about the timing. So you like to tease? Call it for play. That was fast. So have you eaten here before? Oh, I was saving it for someone special like you. She blushes. And what are you in the mood for? I'm looking at it. Aggressive, but she likes it. Sir, could you pour her another glass of wine? The bartender nods his head. Thank you. I'm not even done with this one yet. I don't want you to have to wait on me. I'm thinking ahead for you. She's in love at this point. Awesome. I like that. I like what I see. She's tongue tied. Sir, I have a table ready for you and Miss Stacy. What did you say? Before the host could even answer. It's probably a mix up, baby. <clears throat> uh, I, I apologize, sir. What is her name? He looks at her. Do you even know my name? No response. She storms <laughs> off. What is her name? <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the beginning, I was like, I think I'm gonna need a cigarette after this, but I didn't expect that. Nice. Okay, Sadiq, if you have anything you want to give to Leanne, um, I'm trying to think like off the bat. No, I think, yeah, I, I, I really, it was a really natural read, you know, it felt very conversational. Um, it's yeah. a little hard, like being in it, and also like being a like in right. the acting realm and the outside realm. But um, the rhythm felt nice. I'll say that, like the pace felt nice. Just like being from actor to actor, it felt like you know. It, it I was like, like nice did he pace. get the sides in advance? <laughs> 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 Whoa! Well, that's what I felt like. So I walked away with that. Um, okay, beautiful. Okay, so now I'm gonna have you jump in, Talisa. Whenever you guys are ready. It's been worth the wait, literally. <laughs> I would have made a move. You may wait any longer. It's all about the timing. Mm. I call it corporate. Oh, it's all about the timing. <laughs> so you like the teams. I call it foreplay. Hmm. <laughs> so, have you eaten here before? Nah, I was, I was saving it for someone special like you. <laughs> well, what are you in the mood for? I'm looking at it. Sir, could you pour another glass of wine, please? Thank you, but I, I'm not even done with this one yet. I don't want you to have to wait on anything, so I'm thinking ahead for you. Thoughtful. I like it. I like what I see. 
sir. I have a table ready for you and Miss Stacy. What did you say? It's probably a mixer, baby. Um, <clears throat> I apologize, sir. Um, what is her name? Do you even know my name? Oh, oh. Damn. I mean, what is her name? What's her name? <laughs> so this is oh. a funny scene. Got it, got it. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I love it because your reaction is priceless because up until that point, it's like, you're in, and then it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, you just gotta drop off. <laughs> right, right. That was great! Wow. Okay, if you had something for Jalissa, um, yeah, no, I would say I would say this a similar thing. I think I think both of y'all are, are great at um listening because I feel like Jalissa in this, you know, you were really listening, and it felt you know like a natural conversation, and I think that that's like most important is that it should feel. Actually, no, not most important. Most important is what's driving it, you know, what's driving the scene. Because otherwise, then it becomes indulgent. Um, but, mm. I, yeah, I think talking and listening is, like, a very basic yet hard thing to accomplish as an actor and, and to grasp. And I think both of y'all have a really great grasp on that. So. Mm. Thank you. Wow. Well, thank you. And thank you for jumping in and playing with us and being a good sport. We appreciate love that. Yeah. Oh. We don't want to let him go, right, ladies? No. Spice Bruce Kelvin. No, it's so cool. You, I'm gonna extend another invitation because I know. Are you in New York now? I'm in. I'm in LA uh, currently. Oh, okay, so you're. I'll be back in New York soon. Yeah, I think at the end of this month I'll be headed back to New York. So. Well, they're opening up California soon. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's good. You can get out. Well, be safe. Be healthy. Wash them hands. I will. I will. <laughs> and thank you right so much, to Sadiq. I <laughs> so appreciate love you being on the show. And much love to you, man. Thank you so much for having me. And it was nice meeting everybody. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. All right, bro. When we come back, we will give love on the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. And now it's time for Give Love. The real bliss is in the journey. That's where the joy is. So when my son, Miles, got his first commercial, we had gone through a series, like every actor, we had gone through a series of auditions. And Miles was auditioning like twice a week for commercials, Law & Order, and he wasn't getting cast. He was getting great feedback from casting directors. But every audition that I went on with him, I could tell that he was getting more and more anxious about landing a job. And one day we went to an audition and he came out really relaxed and there was a confidence about him. And I said to him, you're going to get this job. And he was like, you know, oh, I don't know. Well, Miles got the job and it was his first national commercial for the Skechers, uh, the shoes. One of the things that he walked away with, I could tell that each audition, he was learning. He was understanding things that he could make adjustments to. 
And each audition, it wasn't about getting the job. It was about being better and better. And when he finally did land that commercial, there was so much gratitude. There was so much appreciation because he was witnessing his journey. He was aware of his journey. And he knew that each audition was bringing him closer and closer to a role. The bliss is in the journey because you know you're going to get the job. One day you stay persistent, you stay consistent, you know you're going to get a job, but it's about the journey. Enjoy every part of the journey, learn from the journey, embrace the journey, because that's where the true bliss is. Thank you for joining us on the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I look forward to our next Spirited Podcast. Thank you. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then mm-hmm. a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.